Pokémon. like no y'all are taking me out to dinner yeah it's so good it's so funny i love it and he's like the dick to peter that like all of us wanted to be the entire time fuck peter he's so ugly well let's start we all heard that oh i guess my face wasn't by the mic but whatever okay hi everybody hi welcome to (laughs) anyways how's your sex life what up we're back we're alive it's been two weeks now it's since you last heard from us. And the last episode was a bad one because we was were... It? Was it the cocaine one? <laughs> it was the cocaine Fuck, one. Sorry, guys. So, okay. I have two funny side notes about that. So, yesterday, I'm going to get into why we weren't recording in a second, but this is just a side note. So, yesterday, we were supposed to record, but Corey wasn't able to make I'm it sorry, here. I'm sorry. No, I felt... I just flat out felt So, late. but he... <laughs> So, like, he was supposed to get here at 7, and we were going to record the episode and then release it. And, like, 8 o'clock rolled by, and, like, Corey still wasn't here. And I was like, okay, that's a little weird, but, like, it's only been an hour. It's I'm not happened gonna, before. I'm not going to yeah. freak out. And so then I was, like, texting Corey, and I like, called him. He wasn't answering. And I was like, okay, this is a little weird. And then, like, 30 minutes go by, and I was like, okay. I was like, th- I was like this dead. is a little scary. <laughs> and I was like, I can't get a hold of him at all. I was like, I hope he didn't get in a car accident. Like, because, you know, your mind just starts wandering. You know, you're starting to freak out because it's. It's two hours now. I can't get a yeah. hold of Corey at all. So your your mind wanders. You automatically think the absolute worst is happening. And uh, one of my first thoughts was, oh, my God, the very last episode we released was, oh, no. like, our cocaine episode. Like, the worst episode. <laughs> the worst episode I was like, ever. if that's the final episode of Anyways, How's Your Sex Life, I am going to be so mad I'll at your I'll never ghost. tell anybody about it. Yeah, I'm going to, like, whip out the Ouija board and be like, fuck you, Fuck Corey. you, Corey. We need to come back and record a goddamn episode. Uh, but anyways, on it was a, fun. <laughs> it was a fun one. I yeah, it was crazy. I, d- I barely remember recording it because it was so fast. Yeah. But uh, in a st- on all seriousness, I am very sorry that we've been gone for two weeks. I was very 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 sick last week. I had a sinus infection, stomach flu, UTI combo. Yeah. And so I like literally was dead. Like there was absolutely no way we could have recorded. Yeah. And so we could not get anything out. And then I was gone for Thanksgiving until Sunday. Yeah. And yeah. I wasn't even better until yesterday. Yeah. So we couldn't even have recorded yesterday's episode until yesterday. And then we weren't able to. So anyway, so we're getting this episode to you guys today, a uh-huh. day late, but, uh, Sorry to anyone who was expecting an episode last week. I promise it probably won't happen again. But then again, it's now flu season. So yeah, well, yeah, we made we planned out December. Yeah. So we'll get Patreon and stuff out. Well, yeah, Patreon for Thanksgiving or not Thanksgiving, but like November is still coming out. Yeah. And I'm gonna call Patreon so I make sure that y'all can still get access to that even if you didn't pay for this new month. Yeah. So we because yeah we fucked up. So Patreon will be getting released. Uh, by the end of this week for November. Yeah, uh-huh. And then December's Patreon will be getting released um, in the next two weeks or so. So anyways, let's jump into this. Let's jump into this. So we're doing a fact. Oh, no. We have one announcement. We yeah. have very important. One big ass announcement. But giant announcement. We have the winner. The winner. Of the winner, $50 winner, winner, winner. Gift ca- Amazon gift card giveaway is Caitlin 
M95. <laughs> we announced on Instagram, congratulations, Caitlin. Yay, you won. congrats, Caitlin. We Thank are sliding you. into your DMs to get your address to yes. send you a $50 Amazon gift card uh-huh. plus some goodies. Can I just say right now, though, like we just bitched about how intense the next month they're going to be. Please do not expect this package until like mid-January. Can we say that? Probably. My, is that my, too far away? My goal is to get it out by Before the end of the this end of week. Year. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. We'll see. Because all we need to do is get it to the warehouse, and then I just pay for the postage. Okay, the we can do it. We can do it. Caitlin's like, dear God, Jenna, please. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do my damnedest. But I'm buying you some goodies, too. Because, yeah. you know, like... Like the do last we have voodoo chips still? Yeah, we're going to send yeah. some voodoo Get chips. some fucking voodoo and chips. And then uh, some goodies and shit like that. Because you deserve it, Caitlin M. Yes. So thank you. And thank you, everyone, too. Thank you so much, everybody, who who uh, submitted a review. Like, yeah. you guys have helped us significantly. Um, now, although the giveaway is over, you can still continue submitting us reviews. Please. Because the more v- reviews you submit... Um, the more views we get, like the more noticed we get on like iTunes and yeah. things like that. And the more uh, views we have and downloads we have, the more we're able to do giveaways. Mm-hmm. Um, it's possible that, possible that we can get more sponsors and things like that. Yeah. So like we need your guys' help. This is a group effort. Yeah, and we are a spooky family. Um, next thing on my announcement, follow us on Instagram, a- Anyways Has Your Sex Life. Do it. Website, ahyslpodcast.com. Boom. And we have a Patreon. Legit. Done. Faggot okay. Fact. So now we're going to go to my faggot facts. My faggot fact today is, what do you call it? Serious. Oh, fuck. <laughs> like, my spooky scoop word? is very serious. Oh, shit. Okay. So mine's serious. It's not sad serious, but oh, it's just sad. like, it's like a little bit somber. Not somber, but more just like interesting, more factual. Oh. Um, then we'll get into fun. We're going to do, I'm going to do some more countdown shit that's going to be oh, queer yeah. related. So I'll do like my, because uh, it's the end of the decade, I'll do like my 10 favorite films of the decade fun. next time. And then like the time after that, I'll do like the 10 most important <gasps> queer moments of the decade or and whatever. Then you should do your the 10 best gay porns that have, that have come out. <gasps> Ooh, this that'll be, decade. you know what? Because I came out this decade, that'll just be like the 10 best gay porns I've seen. Yeah. Period. Wait, no, I looked at, no, I looked at gay porn since I was 16. God damn it. 15, 14. God damn you. 14. Thank you, MySpace. Thanks, MySpace bulletin board. <laughs> Thanks, MySpace bulletin board. <laughs> Thank you, tiny URL. Thank you, posting when gay people also post their friends that also look super gay in their pictures so I can click on them and find more shit. Blessed. Blessed. Thank you, MySpace Tom. That's when I was like, that's when I figured out whether men splooge or squirt when they, because <laughs> that was one of, you know, you do those questionnaires. Yeah. There was a gay, there was like a gay, more gay-esque questionnaire <laughs> or more male gay-esque questionnaire. Um, and <laughs> the phone was like, do you splooge or do you squirt? Oh my God. <laughs> that's like, do you spit or swallow? It's like the same question. Or, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Okay, so mine today is eight important cultural moments uh, for the AIDS movement because Ooh, uh, December 1st was World AIDS Day. That was two days ago. Yes. Um, so I'm going to go over like eight important moments that happened that like pushed uh, the AIDS movement forward, like put it more into like the zeitgeist uh, and like more culturally forward so people more accepted it. Okay, yes. so these are, these are interesting. Uh, the first one is uh, the creation of World AIDS Day. So in 1988, the World Health Organization launched World AIDS Day to raise awareness and uh, also mourn those that, you know, have been lost and died. Um, it is celebrated each year on December 1st, as we said. It encompasses events all around the world. And the red ribbon actually came three years later in 1991 when I was born. Happy to become birthday. a symbol of World AIDS Day. What? 
I said, happy birthday. So happy birthday, me and AIDS. And AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> two. Um, this is, I like this one a lot because it has to do with film. And a two is Rock Hudson, Liz Taylor, and then the creation of the AMFR, or the AMFAR. So uh, Rock Hudson, as y'all know, is a big movie star from the 40s, 50s, and 60s um and you know etc and then elizabeth taylor also a big movie star obviously <laughs> she's like if you icon. didn't know that fucking go away yeah it's like do you know who marilyn monroe is yeah. I'm like, no. yeah. <laughs> um so in 1985 um that uh, hudson who was previously closeted came out and he said he was the first celebrity to publicly announce that he had aids oh so he came out and also said that he had aids at the same time that's now a big there, announcement. Yeah. So now there are different today. There are different articles and biographies and, on, or, you know, like memoirs or whatever, et cetera, where people claim that uh, some will just cite that he is bisexual and some will cite that he's gay. Who fucking knows? OK, mm-hmm. I, you don't know. If you ask me, I just think gay because it like supports my view of the world more. Yeah. But if you ask somebody else, like bi erasure is a thing. So he might have been bi as well, but I don't. Who knows? You know, nobody knows. He knows. Um, He knows. Okay, so also maybe Elizabeth Taylor knows. Because didn't um, she have a threesome with them? Yeah, and they like have super. They like, they have like like they just have like a lasting long friendship of like you know. I think they were like romantically involved at one point because they were co-stars. Yeah. Um, in Giant and I think it another happens. few movies. Um, but yeah, so who, who knows? We don't know. They do. Okay. Um, so when he died that year, his his friend and co-star elizabeth taylor uh she's in who's afraid of virginia wolf that's like one of her biggest roles and then cat on a hot tin roof where he actually is with marlon that's marlon brando's or is it paul newman no marlon brando's in cat on a hot tin roof good I believe. musical it might be paul newman i believe it's i believe it's marlon brando fuck i don't know but i fuck me i'm looking i have up. not seen the movie i've only ever seen the stage productions of cat on a hot tin roof yeah the movie cat the musical on, but the movie version of it Um, it's Marlon Brando. So, um, she's in, she's, uh, the, the lead woman in Cat on the Hot Tin Roof when Marlon Brando is the lead man, which is interesting because Marlon Brando is also gay. Simone just, or queer, just wrapped her little hands around oh. my foot and just squeezed it. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my children God. are cute. My children. <laughs> Furry are so children cute. are cute. <laughs> Fuck kids. But, Get cats. Yeah. <laughs> and dog. Um, and, and if you don't know Rock Hudson, he's just a very handsome dude go look him up very like 50s 60s handsome mm-hmm. uh dark hair he there's ours like the ones where he has a light beard because some of his roles required beards he's like mm-hmm. fucking gorgeous <laughs> like fucking gorgeous. you're like spin my mouth yeah do whatever you like want. my mom still to this day will like talk about rock hudson damn that's fun <laughs> yeah. that's fun um so he's in giant and pillow talk and interesting fact uh uh, uh or sorry elizabeth taylor and rock hudson are both in giant as well as um rebel without a cause uh what's his name i can't think of it right now off the top of my head i don't know why because i'm on the spot oh my god oh my I, god see this is the first he's time like I've icon rebel without weeks. a cause 50 he died when he was 23 in a car crash or 25 in a car crash he did three movies james dean thank you james <laughs> dean <laughs> you love james dean i know i just he's I just like blanked. your background on your computer I, yeah i like blanked he's like has three background pics james on my computer. dean for right sure there. you're so sick to death sick as cancer so sick as cancer <laughs> Um, yeah, I just blanked on his name. James Dean. He also stars in Giant. That's the last movie that he starred in before he died in a car crash. Um, or oh, allegedly. And there is a lot of controversy about James Dean right now in Hollywood. Oh, because he's going to be digitally put into a movie. Yeah. Fuck that. Fuck 
Fuck that. Just fuck I, I, that. Yeah, it's fucked up. Fucked it all around. Fuck that in the ass. No lube. <laughs> no lube. Yeah. Negatively fuck that. Ne- <laughs> Negatively. Hate fuck it. I hate fuck but it. But hate fuck it like in a bad way. Like you a, know, there's some good hate like fucks. In an evil way. So basically, Elizabeth Taylor, uh, after his death in 1985, founded the American... I'm not laughing at his death. I'm laughing that it's literally been 10 minutes that we've only talked about the second point. I know. Uh, She founded the American Foundation for AIDS, which is the uh, AMFAR. So basically, this has... uh, She became the chairperson and a spokesperson for it until her death in 2011. This is uh, one of the leading um, organizations in cancer research. Like one of the like forerunners of it, yeah. Okay, so just that. Nice. That's point two. Boom. <laughs> that took us for You're goddamn like, over. Done. You like death drop? Okay, the next ones are better. Okay, so the next one and the band played on. It's a. This is a. Um, it's a good movie. I think it might be also a play. Before it was a movie, I don't know. I don't know everything. I feel like so many like nineteen fifties, sixties movies or forties. This is from 50s. the eighties, so I think it is oh, just a movie. Know. I think it's just a movie. It was made by an investigator, like an investigative reporter. His name was Randy Schiltz. Um, so basically what he did is he was just looking into, you know, many people have problems with the AIDS uh, or and how like Ronald Reagan and like other, you know, presidents were treating AIDS and ignoring it. Uh-huh. Um, we can go into that in another fact, fact, whatever. I've talked about it a little bit with ACT UP, et cetera. We don't need to go into it. So basically, I think it was a book and then a movie. Um, he wrote a book in 1987 called And the Band Played On, and it's about this dude, uh, fictional, I think, who figures stuff out about AIDS and then tries to get, like, you know, uh, social backing and scientific backing of it and oh, political okay. backing so that they can raise awareness. And then it's just him fighting the political system, ignoring him and mm. people being like, no, we're not dealing with this because y'all are faggots and y'all are gay and like, fuck you. Ugh. So like, you know, fuck that. So basically it was turned into a movie later starring Ian McKellen and then Matthew Modine. Uh, Matthew Modine, if you don't know who that is, you do because if you've seen Stranger Things, he's the white haired doctor who sort of looks like Wesley from A Princess Bride, but he's not Wesley from Princess Bride. Yeah. He's that guy. As you wish. Yeah. But not that guy. (laughs) But not that guy. (laughs) Okay. So the next one. Oh my God. We're only in four. How many do you have? Eight. Lord, I'm not talking anymore. No, no. We're doing these quick. Okay. One is the AIDS Memorial Quilt. I need to do an entire thing on that. Boom. Anyways. Case five. So AIDS Memorial Quilt it is this guy named Cleve Jones. I Cousin? Listen, no. Uh, I Maybe. <laughs> um, I listened to uh, his uh, memoirs this for uh, Pride Month. It's so fucking good. He's great. I'll go into that a different day. That's an entirely Memorial different AIDS quilt. Suit. It's an entire different fact of fact. Um, ooh, sorry. F- fact of fact. Not spooky scoop. <laughs> Not, it's a spooky That's scoop. a spooky scoop. <laughs> Um, then if you don't know what the A's Memorial Quilt is, basically just like go look it up. We don't need to go into it because you should know what it is. Yeah. Um, Boom, bitch. It's basically commemorating all the people that died um, and they went around the country and people all over who had family and fr- family members die and friends. They made a quilt for them and then they laid it out in the park near the Washington, D.C. Monument, I believe. And it was like fucking huge. Okay. Okay. Um, so uh, five is Magic Johnson. He's an NBA. He's an NBA player, um, and he announced that he was HIV positive. Um, and since then, that was actually one of the biggest shifts of public, um, what's it called, perception of the disease. Um, when Magic Johnson was like, "Hey, I'm HIV positive, but I'm not like you know a disease-filled person that's going to kill you and your kids." 
Um, yeah, and like a public he is still alive, and he's been an advocate ever since. Do you think Magic Johnson calls his penis his Magic Johnson? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would. I totally would. That's such yeah. a great opportunity. My Magic Johnson. Would you like like to... His memoir should be that. My, my Magic, Magic Johnson. My Magic Johnson. And it's just the shadow of his cock. There we go. <laughs> but he'll get Tyler's penis to shadow it. <laughs> yeah. He'll be the stand-in. Okay, six is concert, uh, concert for Life. Um, this is the basically uh, you could call it the concert for light or the Freddie Mercury tribute concert for AIDS awareness. It was done in 1992 um, and done in the Wembley Stadium. It was big. The Metallica and Guns N' Guns Roses showed up. There was also David Bowie was there and uh, Annie Lennox. Lennox. I don't know. Should we know this performer? I'm sure we would have. There's like somebody like, what the fuck? You don't know these people? Well, I know um, every other person you just said except that girl. I bet you we would Yeah, they, they performed Under Pressure, and then George Michael did a rendition of Somebody to Love. So fuck yeah. Um, then we have Angels in America. It is a – first it was a play, and then second it is a TV show that was in an HBO – it was like an HBO miniseries um, with Meryl Streep, Al Pacino, and also Emma Thompson. Do you Thompson's recognize her? I recognize her. I don't recognize her. I've seen her before, yes, Hold but on. I don't. This is her number one song. Oh my God! Walking okay. on glass. Yeah. Yeah. Walking on, walking on broken glass. Okay, we know who she is. Okay, I fucking know that song. I love that song. We know who she is. Okay, we just um, don't I'm know gay. I like that song. <laughs> <laughs> You're gay. You have to like that song. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So another big thing was in 2008. This is the last one. 2008, the Nobel Committee awarded the prize for physiology and medicine to three scientists that were credited with discovering the HIV virus back in 1982. Um, Luke Anthony uh, Montague, uh, Francisco Nobare Sinosi, and Harold Zuhauser Hausen. By- <laughs> well, the first um, two names literally sounded like royalty. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> Wait, they're French. I think they're. The I think because the French people are it's credited with Montague it. Montague sounds. French, yeah, I forget but. exactly like where. I think it was the French that were work, trying to work with America, and they were the two leading ones that were trying to figure out about the virus. Mm. I, I think that I think that's correct. That could be I read a pack of fact right there. Yeah, I read a book. I read a book a while ago, but you know, I don't retain all my knowledge in the world. But I read a book that's really cool. That you know where it like traces the origin of AIDS to like the congo it's intense it's cool maybe yeah that should be a uh yeah it's an entire that yeah, could be, that like, could be like five fact yeah yeah that you should do that, that i'll do that cool. that would be really cool um okay so that's my fact fact good one Done. that only took that was oh you know what that was only 12 minutes okay so my spooky scoop's a downer downer so do you remember how last time we talked i was talking about domestic abuse yes <laughs> so today i'm going to talk about lgbtq domestic abuse Ooh. relationships so this is actually kind of a combo of faggot fact and spooky scoop because as i was doing it i was like oh this could have been an entire faggot fact for Corey, but it really ties into my spooky scoop last week so yeah. i'm doing it so yeah. hi everyone combo. i got plenty of gay shit to talk combo about. over here i'm just gonna talk about the really downer gay shit Aww. um so this info is coming from um two different sources there is the hotline.org and loveisrespect.org. Okay. And so a lot of the information I'm going to throw at you is quoted like directly from one of those websites. Okay. And so you can go to both those websites to even find more info. Okay. Um, so this is kind of a long spooky scoop, but it's, it's Just chill. It it's should necessary be. and good. Yeah. So I'm going to zoom in real quick because I'm blind. Also, while Chana's doing that, if you hear bumps, it's because there's an AT-AT upstairs moving around. So. It's a dog. It's a dog. Yeah. It's a very cute puppy. 
that like doesn't know how to do anything yet but he has terrible <laughs> owners so he just oh. he runs around all day and he he howls all day oh. and he is like the worst owners in the world but it's oh. a dog named after some anime character i don't remember oh okay but it's a cute no dog yeah. but it's a bad dog oh but it's cute but he makes a lot of noise That's he literally okay. is like constant like three in the morning stomping around like Jesus does not matter because i think he's just like blah, blah. i like he's a big derpy dog Aww. so it all is forgiven so here we go bring the mood, mood down mood down abusive partners in lgbtq relationships use all the same tactics to gain power and control as abusive partners do in heterosexual relationships you know there's physical sexual emotion emotional abuse financial control isolation and more but abusive partners in LGBTQ relationships also reinforce their tactics that maintain power and control with societal factors that compound the complexity a survivor Ooh. faces in leaving or getting safe in LGBTQ relationships. Oh. So here are some examples to kind of break Wait, down. Wait, did you just start this off by claiming that heterosexuals and or that homosexuals are people too? Yeah, I'm saying that <laughs> homosexuals. Like we have actual human thought? Yeah, you guys have human thought. <laughs> Newsflash. Shit, News shit flash happens. Where people do. You all, y'all are real. I thought we were just sex crazy butt munchers. <laughs> Homosexuals are real. The Mormon church is like, right now. Like, you know that SpongeBob where SpongeBob is like all the SpongeBob's in his yeah. brain? What is our name? What is our name? That is like the fucking Mormon church right now if they listen to this fucking spooky scoop. So here are some examples that I am going to go over. Um, pause real quick for you Corey. i haven't read this in a week so this it's might chill. be i might have to re-say some things no big wait let me adjust okay i'm ready the first example is uh, a <gasps> cat on a hot tin roof is labeled as lgbt now nice oh my god it's drama slash lgbt because the whole thing is that he's like okay whatever whatever yeah <laughs> uh, they should almost name like every Sidebar. single, every single like play or musical. Oh yeah, slash LGBTQ because they're like, look at the cast. <laughs> they're like, it was just written by a man that like lived with another man. Then they were fine. For they the were. Entire. Oh my god, they were roommates. I love the the that meme, the history book, history book. The two men lived for, together forever, <laughs> but they were just roommates. Yeah, they were roommates. <laughs> they were friends. So here are some of the examples um, and ways that abusive LGBTQ partners um, reinforce their power, control, all of that okay. stuff with their partner. So the first example is, you know, they would threaten to out the victim to family members, employers, Shit. community members, and others. Um, another that example. That would be fucked up to be in that situation. Yeah, these are really fucked up. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now. Like this, <laughs> the, I'm going to tell you right now, this is really fucked up and I like... It was really hard for me last Warning, week. fucked up. Warning, trigger trigger warning. Trigger warning, fucked up warning. Yeah, trigger <laughs> slash and or slash fucked up warning. Next example, um, you know, they would say that no one will help the victim because they are lesbian, <gasps> gay, bisexual, transgender, or that for this reason the partner deserves the abuse. Those those people can fuck off. You know, they could justify the abuse with the notion that a partner is not really lesbian or not really gay, or you're not bisexual, you're not transgender. You know, they can be used both as a tool, like Jesus. in verbal and emotional abuse, as well to further the isolation of a victim from a community. You know, I know this, like this specific example that I'm going over, um, this happens a lot in bisexual relationships. Yeah. Like, I mean, it happened to me. 
like the majority of my partners didn't really believe my sexuality because I was with them. Like, how could I be bisexual if I was dating a man? Or how could I be be bisexual if I was dating a woman? Like, if I'm dating a man, they're like, no, you're not really bisexual. You're dating a man. Or if I'm dating a woman, they're like, no, you're not. You're lesbian. You're not bisexual. Like, they diminish you, like, your look sexuality you're doc martens you're like yeah you're right <laughs> <laughs> i like look at like all of my old lesbian tumblr porn pages and i'm like yeah i'm not bisexual <laughs> it's a face hazley is that her name hazley who's hazley halsey <laughs> halsey <laughs> are you gay no i'm a, i'm your domestic abuse partner Corey. Oh, gay. What's we wrong can't with joke you? about this we can't joke about this <laughs> fuck you're like you're Halsey. like, you're like Halsey calls you up she's like you're not a lesbian go away Brittany like you're like who are you talking about Brittany Spears <laughs> <laughs> I like punch you in the cunt <sighs> man Halsey my this, bad this is how we cope humor okay another example um you know the abuser manipulates the victim's support resources you know this could be their friends their family the community groups they do this to generate sympathy and establish a relationship so the victim feels like they can l- no longer go to their support resources because they won't believe them basically like the abuser does this to make them feel like they have no one on their side it yeah. isolates them this is a particular issue to members of the LGBT community where there may be fewer specific resources neighborhoods or social outlets so, you know, for example, like here in Utah, like if you are a gay teen and you are in one of these relationships, like this abuser, your abusive partner could go to your very limited resources yeah. and manipulate them. So you feel alone. Like this happens. This is yeah. very common. Yeah, You have very few like social resources. Yeah, exactly. Um, another example is portraying the violence as mutual and even consensual or as an expression of masculinity or some other desirable trait. So okay. they like beat you or emotionally abuse you because oh I'm so I'm so dumb like <gasps> this is hot yeah. like I'm doing this because like this is because I'm so masculine because I'm so this I'm so that yeah. they're masking their abuse like trying as... to prove yeah exactly yeah. Um, now if you are LGBTQ well I just said a lot of <laughs> LGBT <laughs> if you are <laughs> if you are <laughs> that should be That's the next new LGBTQ <laughs> if you are <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't get it, it's like yeah, because you're not. Because you're not. <laughs> so if you are, you may face additional obstacles when asking for help. You know, there such as shame and embarrassment. You may be struggling with your own internalized homophobia or shame about your sexual orientation mm. or gender identity. Your abusive partner could probably use this against you they could use it to shame you or exert power and control over you they may try to make you feel guilty about yourself by calling you names that play on sexuality or gender insecurities for example saying you're not man enough you're not woman enough some uh specific examples you're not that gay you're not that much of a lesbian exactly um yeah another example that i uh, read about this specifically for transgendered individuals is abusive partners may refer to them as it which like makes me want to sob to to diminish them like that damn uh they also might pressure you into sexual acts you're not comfortable with by saying that this is what a normal relationship looks like things like Shit. that some other obstacles that you may face when you're in in an lgbtq relation a relationship 
is you have fear of not being believed or taken seriously. You may worry that if you report the abuse, you will encounter common stereotypes like violence between partners is always mutual. <laughs> abuse doesn't occur in lesbian relationships. You're both women. Or oh, only the physically bigger partner can be the abusive one. Damn. It's sad. The demons agree. Yeah. <laughs> you know, your partner may exploit this fear by trying to convince you that no one will take an LGBTQ victim seriously yeah. because of this. Um, the other obstacle that you may come into is, you know, as part of the LGBTQ community, you may fear that disclosing the abuse will make everyone look bad because it's just giving Ooh, the, the people that are anti-gay more ammo against the community. Yeah. You know, your partner would use this to manipulate you. You know, if you tell someone about this abuse, this is only going to shed negative light in the community. This is only giving the straight Trump supporting Republicans ammo against our community because now yeah. this is all they're going to see us as. It's, you know, it's similar like during the whole AIDS scare, how that just put like every single person part of the community like in a box like it it was it's scary and the next one is less legal protection and this one's really serious and very scary and sad now depending on where you live like the law might not be on your side to help you get out of an abusive more than 50 percent isn't yeah for example like north carolina and south carolina only allows a person to file a protection slash restraining order on someone that is the opposite gender what? Yeah. What? And there are still many, many countries where where relationships are yeah, taking out people a, that doesn't even make sense. Yeah. <laughs> I know. But there are still, you know, many, many countries where where LGBTQ relationships are illegal or being part of the LGBTQ community is legal, so you couldn't even attempt to get help or you would go to prison or get killed. And that happens like there are people in the world that are stuck in a relationship where literally they cannot get out of it because they cannot have legal help yeah like they're stuck and so they're getting killed or they're getting abused because no one's on their side they don't have the resources they have a very abusive partner the law is is on their side with their abusive partner it's sad so now we're going to go through some stats because if okay. this has not been sad enough we're going to get even sadder sorry again we are making jokes because we're trying to be like light of this and make it more entertaining but we do like really respect this yeah this is really it's really sad yeah this is like fucked up yeah so the cdc's national intimate partner and sexual violence survey found here a bunch of stats the cdc okay cool yeah 44 percent of lesbians and 61 percent of bisexual women experience rape physical violence or stalking by an intimate partner compared to the 35 percent of heterosexual women Okay, whoa. 26% of, of gay men and 37% of bisexual men experience rape, physical violence, or stalking by an intimate partner compared to the 29% of a heterosexual man. 46% of bisexual women have been raped compared to 17% of, of heterosexual women and 13% of lesbians. Bisexual okay. violence. Okay. 22%... Um, of bisexual women have been raped by an intimate partner compared to 9% of heterosexual women. 40% of gay men and 47% of bisexual men have experienced sexual violence other than rape compared to the 21% of heterosexual men. 
Now, the 2015 U.S. Transgender Survey found that 47% of transgender people are sexually assaulted at some point in their lifetime. Can you say that again? The 2015 U.S. Transgender Survey found that 47% of transgendered people are sexually assaulted at some point in their lifetime. Jesus. 47%. Damn. That is such a high number. It's like. Yeah. It's a flip of a coin. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Now, among people of color. um, It's worse. (laughs) Yeah. Among people of color, um, Native American, 65%, multiracial, 59%, Middle Eastern, 58%. And African American, fifty-three percent respondents of the U of the two thousand fifteen U.S. Transgender Survey were most likely to have been sexually assaulted in their lifetime. Jeez. Which we have uh, mentioned before that uh, transgender people, specifically people that are of are like a part of a minority, yeah, the violence spikes. Yeah, and specifically for Black transgender it's, women. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's there. It's like an epidemic. Yep. Like it's yep. it's horrific. What's going uh-huh. on? Um, now, next. I had a fact effect planned for the for the last week because it was near the Transgender Awareness Day, mm-hmm. but I'm going to do it at the end of the year because it'll be a year statistic that'll just like be impactful. But yeah, by the end of October, just in the U.S. alone, there were like 26 black transgender women killed. Just black transgender women, like that's not including like anything else. Yeah, I mean, it's like yeah. every time, and I... they're killed specifically like for that reason. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's horrific. Yeah. Um, the next stat, nearly half, so it's 48% of bisexual women who are rape survivors um, experience their rape between ages 11 and 17. Uh, the 2000, the next stat, the 2015 U.S. Transgender Survey found that one in five, 20% of the respondents who were incarcerated in jail or prison or juvenile detention in the past year were sexually assaulted by facility staff during that time. What? The last the last stat that I have, um, 17% of respondents to the 2015 U.S. Transgender Survey um, who stayed at one or more homeless shelters in the past year were sexually assaulted at the shelter because they were transgender. 17%. That's almost... And assaulted. Like, yeah. Sexually assaulted at the shelter because they were transgender. Not harassed. Like sexually assaulted. assaulted. Yeah. Yeah. So clearly from my entire spooky, spooky scoop slash very sad faggot fact, yeah. you know, domestic violence, it is not limited to heterosexual relationships. Yeah. And it can affect individuals of all sexual orientation and genders. Within the community, intimate <laughs> partner violence occurs at a rate equal to or even higher than that of the heterosexual community. Damn. It happens. <laughs> Like, chances are, like, you know someone who has gone through this, or maybe you have gone through this, or you're going through this. You just know that you're not alone. Like, you have people who support you. There are tons of resources online. There's hotlines. There's voiceless hotlines. There's shelters. There's communities that you can go to for help. The National Hotline for Domestic Abuse phone number is 800-799-7233. Now, if you have questions about your legal rights, I have found a twelve a free twelve page PDF 
from the American Bar Association that goes over the rights you have in an LGBTQ domestic violence relationship. The link is really long, but I'm going to read it because if you go to the website, they're going to ask you to pay for it. But I found you a free link, so I'm going to read it. So it's AmericanBar.org slash content slash DAM slash ABA slash administrative slash domestic underscore violence slash publications slash aba underscore lgbt dash rights underscore final dot off check <laughs> dam dot pdf Fucking internet so that is the long url which which it's they're forward slashes right yeah they're forward slashes yeah. so there i know it's annoying to to listen to links but again like the reason i'm giving it to you is because this is the free link where if you go on their website you're gonna have to pay like three bucks or something and okay. like you want your rights you should read your rights for free yeah so there's the li- there's the link boom i found it on a blog legit. so legit uh so that is my spooky scoop spooky about scoop. domestic violence in the lgbtq community mic drop so we're gonna take a quick break and you're gonna listen to some words from our homies at Friday the 13th yeah they're, they're uh, can i go off of it yeah, a yeah. bit because, yeah, I super listened to them over the uh, Thanksgiving break because I drove five hours to my parents' house and then five hours back. Cute. So I started listening to them. They're really good. I like them. Yeah. So go listen. So the, here's the promo. Boom. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Maddie. Do you like horror movies? I sure do. Well, did you know that most horror movies are inspired by real-life horror? Really? Like what? Well, take The Shining, for instance. That's based on Stephen King's real-life addictions or The Purge which could be our country any minute now. Oh, and The Strangers, which is based on a real-life murder. People should be talking about these things. Hey, guys. Oh, oh hey, Producer, producer Michael. Michael, hi. Uh, well, I hate to break it to you, but somebody already is. It's you. <gasps> That's right. We are Friday the 13th, the podcast where we talk about horror in real life and horror in media, all from an LGBTQ perspective. Because we gay, y'all. We are proud members of the Legion Podcast Network, and we can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Come along with us on this crazy journey, and as always, get slayed. And we're back. Um, this is like take five of that. We've gone off on like 20 bit different tangents, but let's just jump into my my supernatural shit. Okay. Yeah. So this is um, called The Smurl Haunting. And I, I have never heard of this and it's really intense and really cool. Ooh. I'm super excited. Okay. So the home of Jack and Janet Smurl in West Pittenson, Pennsylvania, I pronounced that wrong, was the scene of a horrific and terrifying haunting from mm. 1985 to 1987. Ooh. The case, it actually lasted way longer than that. The case received wide attention in the media. Um, although the house went through three exorcisms and investigations by demonologists, it actually went through four exorcisms. I believe, or like, eh, I guess you could say three full ones and four, four happies. Ooh. And a happy. Um, Ed and Lorraine Warren <gasps> also, or sorry. So, so it, it like went through the exorcism and investigations by demonologists, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Oh my God. Oh my so God. So they're oh involved God. in this. Yes. Um, so there is also a, I don't need to continue what I wrote. I won't read it anymore. Uh, basically, there, uh, or I guess I will. It says, the hauntings were chronicled in a book and portrayed in a movie, both named The Haunted. Ooh. It's a 1991 movie that came out. I haven't seen it, but it looks it has a pretty good uh, reviews. Hmm. So I should probably see it eventually. Events leading up to The Haunting. Yes. So after Hurricane Agnes flooded much of the northeastern Pennsylvania in 1972, the Smurl family was forced to leave their home. Uh, Jack's uh, parents, because uh, the main people are Jack and Janet Smurl. That's the husband and wife. Janet. So Jack's parents, John and Mary Smurl, 
bought a, a house um, in Pittenson, West Pittenson, um, in 1973 for $18,000. That's it. It's a duplex, an entire duplex for $18,000. Man. <laughs> We're never going to live anywhere. We're apartments for <laughs> We're always going to live in an apartment. <laughs> they bought an entire duplex. So two duplexes for $18,000. That's only five times my our rent. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's like that's like ten times our rent. That's it. But I'm, they bought it. I'm very sad. <laughs> sad girl sixty nine over here. Girl sixty nine. <laughs> um, Jack's parent. Or sorry, blah blah blah. Okay, so basically the parents lived in one half while the uh, while Jack and Janet, remember them, that's yeah, the yeah. husband and wife, Jack and Janet Smurl lived in the other half with their two daughters at the time. So do you think the parents just heard Jack and Janet like going at it all the time? Oh, I'm sure. They're like, uh, oh yeah, fuck me, Jack. Yeah, uh, they're, like, they're just like crazy BDSM people. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> She's like, Because <laughs> that's like the She's like hanging places. from the ceiling. Yeah. He's just like shoving his dick in her. Yeah, she's like wearing a gimp suit on a sex scene. <laughs> They're like recreating fucking American Horror Story without even knowing it. Totally. They invented Murder House. This is Murder House. Holy shit. We're talking about American Horror Story. Um, so at this time, they had only two daughters, Dawn and Heather. Um, I think you only really need to remember Dawn. Okay. And then the their later two twins will be born. They're also girls. Uh, okay. So just remember Dawn. She's the eldest. Dawn Draper. Um, so Dawn, as in D-A-W-N. Yeah, yeah. As oh. Dawn, Secretary Dawn. Oh, yeah, exactly. As in Dawn, <laughs> which I figured out this time, this third time watching. I always thought it was also Dawn instead of Dawn. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> lol. <laughs> men. <laughs> Mad Men, uh, fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> I know men, right? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sorry. I'm the problem. <laughs> You're the fucking problem. <laughs> okay. So the Smurls uh, were, are noted to be a close and loving family. Both Jack and Janet grew up in the area, um, and they met in 1967, and then they married in 1968. So this is just five years later when they move into this duplex. Jack served in the Navy, becoming a neuropsychiatric technician. Whoa. Um, and then also both of them were really raised in Catholic homes and had strong religious, religious beliefs. Um, so maybe they weren't crazy BDSMs. Damn it. <laughs> Um, and they, they both know, even Jack's parents and Jack and Janet, they both said that they loved living next to Jack's parents. They were a loving family. They were always involved with each other. And for 18 months, everything was fine. They were all happy. But then. But then. <laughs> then everything went to shit. And then they got into BDSM and everything went And then they went got into BDSM and it went down. And then she started using contraceptives <laughs> and it was just like, damn. Everyone was like, ah, girl. They're like, no. Yeah. Then the woman thought she had like dominion over her own body. No. And then Satan rolled up. So that <laughs> shows you, women. <laughs> uh, in January 1974, a strange stain appeared on the new carpet. Ew. Jack's television set burst into flames and the water pipes leaked even after um like they resoldered it and like re-put it together that is very um, dramatic intro yes. for a demon so this is all uh one thing that happened in the for in january of 1974 nothing had happened until that stain appeared on the carpet and then within the next three weeks so by the end of the month the television burst into flames and then the water pipe pipes would repeatedly leak um after this the new sink in the bathtub that had been recently remodeled was found one morning severely scratched as if a wild animal had clawed it. What the fuck? 
<laughs> this is escalating quickly. Quickly. But then, it, though, literally, this is crazy because it'll escalate and then it, like, goes down and then it escalates and goes down. I, I have my own, like, two cents in between the escalations and the de-escalations. I am so pumped right we'll now. We'll get to them. <laughs> I am excited. So, freshly painted woodwork in the bathroom was also also showed similar scratches. Um, and the oldest daughter, Dawn, D-A-W-N, because fuck the patriarch. <laughs> <laughs> D-A fucking W-N. D-A motherfucking W-N. D-A double vagina N. Double vagina. Wubbity wubbity N. Wubbity wubbity N. D-A wubbity wubbity N. Boom. Dawn's a baddie. Repeatedly saw people floating, quote unquote, floating around her bedroom. Ma'am. You're fucked. That sucks. That's a bummer. I just saw people floating around my bedroom. I'd be like, I'm out. I'm, I'm like, gone. Where's grandma's house? Fuck this. Yeah, you a okay, Natasha? Grandma's house is next door. Well, where is mom's grandma? <laughs> like, where's mom's mom's house? Fuck this. Um, from so this is my own two cents. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try and read what I wrote. Maybe. Okay. So what I gather from this is that the family... Okay, so basically this continues from 1974 until 1977 when things escalate again. So 1974 is when shit first starts happening. Okay. And then things don't escalate a, up, up a notch until 1977. So from what I gather is that this kind of shit that I just described happens off and on over for the next like two years. During this time, I believe that these occurrences were like super spaced out. Um, and there wasn't like continuous activity. These are just noteworthy things that happened over two and a half years. That is annoying demon. Though. Yeah. But fuck that. I mean, it, multiple times this girl saw people floating in her room. Yeah. <laughs> like the first time I saw that, I'd be like, I'm fucking out. Yeah. I'd be like, mom and dad. Bye. They're like, what? D- today? I'd be like, I'm fucking gay. Bye. <laughs> I hope they called Don D.A. Wobbity Wobbity N. <laughs> what? D-A- Stop complaining. D.A. D- Wobbity Wobbity N. <laughs> And when they're mad at her, D-A, whoopity, whoopity, N. <laughs> D-A, whoopity, whoopity, N. What's the last name? And the, Schultz? Uh, Schol. Sm- Smurl. Smurl. S-M-U-R-L. S- D-A, W-W, wait, whoopity, whoopity, N, Smurl. Stop talking about the demons. Her, the, the bodies in her room just go whoopity, whoopity, whoopity. Yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then after my two cents sometime in 1977 things intensify again okay Damn. so the toilets flush without anyone using them footsteps would be continuously heard on the stairs drawers would be open and closed on their own accord radios would blare although they were the, they were unplugged and empty Ew. rocking chairs would mysteriously rock and creak as if somebody were in them nope nope Fuck nope nope that. nope Wubbity wubbity um, no. As time went on, they began to smell sour and vile smells throughout the house. Demons. And on several occasions, Jack felt the touch. Jack, the father, felt the touch of an unseen hand caress him. Ew! That sounds a lot like the like uh, one. the conjuring house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You also went over a haunting where... Um, no, this was a real... Sp- this is a fucking listener stories of that girl with the ghost that, like, touched her. Ew, yeah. And she thought it was her I husband. hate ghosts touching... Pe- Just stop, like, fucking yelling my face. Don't touch Don't- me. <laughs> I would much rather wake up to you, like, three inches like, from my bah! face and be like, whoop it whoop the end! Instead of being like... Instead of being like... Like, molesting me. Stop. Fucking ghost. You're already a ghost. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So Jack felt the... God, we already said that. Um... Also, um, during this time from 1977 to 1985 is when the other two uh, Smurls came in. These are twin girls, Shannon and Karen. By Shannon um, and Karen. And uh, because of this, the, the babies being born and these things intensifying, the family goes like gets really, really, really fatigued by all of this going on. 
even though things uh, did escalate again and the family was sort of feeling down, um, they do report during this time, a lot of the articles were reporting that they were still pretty positive. They were pretty much just like, this is a spooky house. They literally, like, quote unquote, they would say, like, the spooks are happening or, like, this is a spooky going on. Nothing was super, like, they didn't feel oppressed and, like, super fucked up by any poltergeist or demon going on at this They're time. Like, this is spooky. as like, um, D-A-W-W-W-W-E ends, like... <laughs> She's, She's like, like, there are bodies floating in my room. Like, oh, wubbity wubbity. <laughs> this is just a spooky um, During this time, Jack was promoted at his job. Um, he also doubled as his daughter's softball team coach. Janet, the wife, became pregnant and had the two twins. She also, while she was pregnant with twins, organized an anti-drunk driving group at her local high school. And all of the girls, or the two girls that were in school, reported having good grades. So, like, they seemed to be flourishing, even though, like, this shit intensified, like, up a step. Mm. But then in 1985... Shit went wrong. ...is when shit just, like, totally hits the fan. The like, demon's like, fuck! Yeah, this is, like, this is like conjuring. Are you okay, Natasha? Just, like, everything Ooh. goes downhill. Yeah. So here we go. Yes. Um, the house now often became ice cold. John and Mary heard loud, abusive, and obscene language coming from <gasps> Jack and Janet's side of the house. So, John and Mary are the are the par- are the grandparents. What? What was that? What? That? Oh, okay, oh. yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh um, my god. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you're like masturbating aggressively right now. <laughs> um. So John and Mary, the grandparents, heard loud, abusive, and obscene language coming from Jack and Janet's side of the house, although Janet and Jack were never arguing. Oh, um, my God. In February of 1985, Janet heard her name being called while she was in the basement doing laundry. No! So no. so this account, I read her, like, account nope. of this, and the entire time she said that she would just be, like, doing laundry, and she would, like, come up and down, you know, because, like, you need to go up and down for different purposes, and every time she would come down, she would just, like, hear this, like, Janet. <gasps> like just coming like literally like by her she said it was like sometimes just like right behind her i'm getting goosebumps so it was like right behind her sometimes it'd be just like off in the distant (laughs) corner of the dark basement and then she finally would hear like and then it like sometimes escalated to people being like hey janet like calling from the house damn it Janet! so much that she thought that it was uh, john or mary Oh and then and, and she did and so she like went and asked john and mary and they're like no like we weren't calling your name she's like what the fuck <laughs> oh <my. sighs> okay she's like weird she's like doing laundry looking around she's yeah, like what fuck the- doing laundry in the basement laundry. if i ever end up in a situation where my laundry's in a basement i'm like n- never no yeah fuck we're that. wearing dirty clothes yeah we're like, buying I'm new a, clothes i'm every a week. dirty ass bitch <laughs> <laughs> i'm a dirty bitch the dirty. demon's like yeah yeah i'm like yeah dirty. i'm a fucking dirty bitch <laughs> i'm filthy <laughs> Um, so two days after this happened in February, ice, icy cold again was felt around the house, but this time a black human shaped form no. with no facial features appeared to Janet in the kitchen. Oh, it my then God. dematerialized as it tried to walk through the wall into John and Mary's side of the duplex appeared to Mary. And then she reportedly suffered from a heart attack. <gasps> so some, so some, two of the five things that i looked at other than wiki so i guess six two of the six report that when this thing appeared to her is when she had the heart attack and others say that it was a few days after this is when she had the heart attack so who knows but it's more fun that she had the regardless heart attack she had the heart attack regardless she legitimately had a heart attack that's crazy during this time 
Shit. Um, Fuck. From that point on, the haunting activity increased in both frequency and magnitude. The, a large ceiling fan crashed down inches from Shannon, which is one of the twin babies. Oh, my So, God. at this time, she's easily one, maybe. Oh, no, January. So, still the same year. She's uh, months old. Jesus. Um, and the ceiling fan crashed but nearly missed her. But it would have killed her if it would have landed on her. She's a fucking baby. And get this. That happened on the night that um what's her name uh, heather oh. um was supposed her 13 year old sister was supposed to be confirmed into the catholic church whoa whoa, whoa. that Fuck. thing was mad that's i am, think it was not cool with i'm that. spooked <laughs> i am sufficiently spooked. um as as activity increased, Jack and Janet also record that they on occasion levitated or would wake up in the middle of the night <laughs> levitating or seeing the other one being just levitated. <laughs> if I was asleep and I woke up to Jordan levitating, I would be like, we're breaking up. We're done. We're done. Everything's I'm done. done. I like pack up Simone and S'mores yeah. and I go to your house and be like, yeah. sorry, Corey, you're fucked now because like, of me. We're never talking to Jordan ever again. <laughs> he levitated. <laughs> Light his feathers, sip his aboard. Light his like, feathers, Fuck that. Um, also, or uh, sorry, but, uh, Janet reported getting violently pulled out of her bed, uh, w- uh, like multiple times. And once it was directly after making love to her husband, Ew! like one time they had sex and like, literally they just like came and like both went on their backs next to each other and she just gets pulled out <gasps> of the bed. Oh my God. Oh my God. That That's would be, so, that would be that crazy. That is so, <laughs> that is, uh. She said as she was being pulled out of bed, and when she was pulled out of bed, she was yelling for help uh, from Jack, but Jack couldn't move because he was paralyzed and gagging from a foul odor odor that he smelled. Like, he couldn't move because he was gagging and, like, trying not to throw up from this foul odor that he immediately smelled. (laughs) Fuck that. Um, The family's German shepherd, Simon, was repeatedly picked up and thrown around the room. What the Even one time was dragged up the wall and held upside down on the ceiling. Mm. Um, Terrible rapping and scratching noises were continually heard in the walls. Sorry, you were going to say something? Fuck this demon. Yeah, fuck this demon for dealing with the fucking German shepherd. How dare you hurt that dog? I don't give a shit about the humans. Demons like puppies. Yeah, I thought thought y'all were okay with... with, There's no way. With... With puppies. Yeah. Uh, uh, one night while sleeping, Shannon, uh, so the eldest daughter, I believe, is Shannon. Uh, no, one of the babies, Shannon. Uh, that's the same one that nearly died from the ceiling fan. Was tossed out of bed and then down the stairs. Okay, bye, Shannon. Bye, Shannon. <laughs> Fuck, Fuck you, Shannon. Fuck you, Shannon. <laughs> Shit. If I was the other twin, I'd be like, I'm so glad I'm the other twin. Yeah, she's like, Fuck <laughs> Shannon. <laughs> um, even the neighbors like were involved in this. They would report he, like almost weekly uh, hearing screams and strange noises coming from the house as they walked by, or even just the next door neighbors would hear screams when they knew that this was going on. And they knew that the Smurls were like, went out for pizza. They would just hear like blood curdling screams come from that. They're house. like scary movie walking by, like <laughs> looking side eyeing like the dog, the dogs, even aliens. Yeah. Movie walking. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> <laughs> like what the fuck they're like oh my god go faster <laughs> um so then the warrens enter this is a little <laughs> long what where are we we're not that bad it's only been 23 minutes i'm i'm like two-thirds of the way done cool mine's probably short Ooh, yeah maybe only a half done that's Whatever. fine okay. yours is much more fun than <clears throat> mine i'll tell you that right now <laughs> Okay, so then the Warrens enter. In January of 1986, so about a year after all this shit's going on, 
Um, they hear about Ed and Lor- uh, Janet had heard about Ed and Lorraine Warren. So Janet, the mom again, yeah, yeah. Uh, she hears about them and she was super skeptical. But because this was going on, she was like, fuck, I might as well like, you know, might as well call them. Um, the Warrens arrived shortly uh, after the call and accompanied a girl named Rosemary Freer. Um, as she is a registered nurse and a proclaim- self-proclaimed psychic. Um, they began the investigation by first quizzing the Smurfs about their home life and whether or not they had uh, dabbled into like the occult or anything <laughs> like that. Um, and all the answers were like, no, we're strict Catholic. We all love each other. There haven't been any fights. There's no affairs. Like, we're good. We're golden. Yeah. Um, so there shouldn't be any reason for that. Um, the Warrens and, and Fur uh, walked through the house. They identified the bedroom closet as a crossover point between the two sides of the duplex. Um, the team said that they detected the presence of four evil spirits. Four? Yeah. Four were minor. <laughs> what? Four were just evil spirits. The fourth one was a demon. So three were evil spirits. Fourth was a demon? Yeah. Uh-huh. So three were pussy-ass evil bitches. Yeah. Then a demon. I think one of the one of the three w- is like a neutral spirit, but like the other two or just one of them he's is like, evil. He's like, I'm just here. Yeah, he's like, fuck, guys, help. <laughs> he's like, I'm stuck. Yeah. <laughs> Um, with any, without any evidence of family dysfunction or occult uh, shit, the Warrens assumed and surmised that the demon must have been a been dormant and possibly for decades. And this is where we get into some cool shit that taps into one of my case files and back to the Amherst mystery. Ooh. Um, remember when in the Amherst mystery in the dude where he's just accounting in his book that I read where it's just like, oh yeah, a trumpet fell from the ceiling. I love blah, the blah, trumpet. Blah, 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 blah. So, yeah. Um, remember where he talks about, oh, this possibly be, could come from the girl because the girl has her period or the girl just went through uh, had her period for the first time so it might be her problem and we were like that's sexist but then we read later in a case file where it might not truly be or fully be a sexist thing it might still have sexist tones oh i remember this misogynist tones but it's a real theory where like uh because girls are just so more emotionally connected um and just more emotional beings i i I say that in a good way yeah um uh, when they go through uh menstruation and especially when they go through it the first time it can activate uh, a poltergeist and they believe that sometimes what we think are poltergeist is actually just like um, metaphysical energy that is coming from a girl experiencing menopause or just experiencing a lot you know what's so awesome is that means women are so powerful that like you create ghosts i fucking create ghosts your pussy makes ghosts my pussy pops ghosts you pussy poltergeist my <laughs> I have a poltergeist pussy. <laughs> poltergeist pussy. Okay, porn star name. Poltergeist, poltergeist pussy. pussy. <laughs> Every time you queef a pussy, a poltergeist is born. Oh my god. I queef poltergeist. <laughs> um. So. Oh my god. Where are we? I don't. Uh, this is the trumpet ties into the Amherst mystery. Um, pussy said. pop poltergeist. Oh, so, um, the. Because, because, so back to the Warrens being like, okay, you don't, you haven't been dabbled in the occult. There's no affairs. There's no turmoil in your family. Nobody's been raped or died. They're like, yeah, you're just like, your, your girls have poltergeist pussies. (laughs) Yeah. So science has confirmed poltergeist pussies. He like tastes the air. He's like, we have poltergeist pussies. Yeah. Oh, they have little fishy poltergeist pussies. (laughs) Um, so Basically, what they they surmise is that they believe it was a dormant demon living in the house and some just like other uh, spirits that were tied to the house because they died in it or whatever. Yeah. And that they were awakened or the demon was awakened because the two girls went through menopause. 
are just are experience went through puberty and experienced menopause for the first Wait, time. Menopause is not menopause. Sorry, not menopause. Oh my god, sorry. It's when they get their period. Puber- yeah, that's when that's when you're like in your fifties and yeah, you yeah. stop doing. The two girls. It was a wild. Sorry, ride. I meant menstruating. My, yeah. my my god. Menstruating. So yeah, they started having their period for the first time. They're and they pussy through, poltergeist. Um, <laughs> so they pussy poltergeist the four spirits. They're like. <laughs> Pul- pussy, po- pussy poltergeist. Have you, oh, you've seen. Uh, <laughs> It's like Sparky Sparky Boom Boom Man from uh, Avatar, where it's like, you know, the guy with the oh, eye yeah, yeah. on his head, where he's like, doo, doo, doo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's it's Pussy uh, Pussy Poltergeist Man. Pussy Pussy Poltergeist Man. <laughs> pussy Pussy Poltergeist Man. Podcast oh, title God. right there. Much easier to spell than. <laughs> <laughs> Should it be woman or man? Pussy Pussy Poltergeist Woman. There we go. <laughs> I'll pussy pussy poltergeist powers. Yeah, there we go. Um, okay, so they literally thought that. Like, that was one of their hypotheses, is that this is what it came from, the uh, emotional energy generated by the girls entering puberty. That's mm. literally what they say. That's, like, almost word for word. Um, so the Warrens tried twice to provoke the demon and expose it by playing t- uh, t- uh, tapes of religious music and then also prayed in the house. The demon reacted by violently shaking a mirror and dresser drawers and yet another instance by spelling out uh, when they try to do it like a different time when they just visited. Because usually when the Warrens are involved, they visit like multiple times over yeah. months and something like that. Um, so another time uh, it spelled out pussy. Um, on the wall, you, f- <laughs> you pussy poltergeist. Pul- you pussy poltergeist me. <laughs> I didn't ask to be here. Your pussy brought me here. I didn't ask to be queefed yeah. out of your pussy. It's not my fault you queefed. <laughs> you queef queen. Um, you <laughs> Our vagina's a portal to hell. Oh, my God. Goals. <laughs> Goals. Oh, my God. Every time Jordan fucks me, it's fucking hell. <laughs> All the Puritans are like. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> the meme. Oh the God. meme. <laughs> My favorite is like woman in the like eighteen or like seventeen hundreds knows math. Everyone else, the blinking. I love it. Um, it, the, this demon writes this pussy poltergeist demon writes you filthy bastards get out of this house. Gasp! Oh my god! What the fuck, demon? Um, only holy water and prayer seem to stop the manifestations of that on the wall. Damn. Um, as they like threw holy water at the wall. Ouch! Oh that god. hurt. Okay, thank god that um, was you though. <laughs> Um, and the situation began to even turn more serious as Jack was uh, notably raped by <gasps> a, quote, a scaly succubus posing as an old woman with a young body. Oh, my God. Her eyes were red and her gums were green. That's very, like, Ooh. shining, the shining-esque. Yeah, yeah. The old woman in the bathtub. Um, Ed Warren was also choked and then began to... He was choked. Patrick Wilson was choked. Patrick Wilson was choked by an unseen... <laughs> ent- by a pussy... <laughs> Hi, pussy poltergeist. I want that's a title on Pornhub. Yeah, (laughs) Patrick Wilson gets choked by pussy poltergeist. (laughs) Turns out it's me. (laughs) Damn. Damn. Ooh, is it hot here? I listened to the I listened to the queer the queer I think the queer horror guys talk about uh like the Friday the Thirteenth the Friday the Thirteenth guys they talk about watching in the tall grass with Patrick Wilson and they they gave a little they had a couple seconds talking about how hot he is and I was like we should do a we should do a combo episode they're fun yeah they're (laughs) fucking fun as hell um they stay more serious than we do but they definitely have the same like level of humor at times maybe we'll but they're more on track (laughs) we're like pussy builder guys queef 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 they're like what the fuck I'm like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay 
So, Ed Warren was choked by a pussy poltergeist Oof. and then began to suffer from a terrible flu-like symptom. Same. Yeah. <laughs> Happens when you when you eat ass. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> An incubus sexually then assaulted Janet. Ah, not funny. Um, and, uh, and then pig noises could be heard <gasps> in the walls. Okay, this is getting like... And I wrote, yes, fuck you, bye. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, bye. <laughs> Instead of incubus or succubi, or like an incubi or succubi, yeah, yeah. or fuck you by. Bam. <laughs> fuck your bye. Fuck you bye. <laughs> um, so uh, the Smurls said then they tried several times to obtain support and action from the church. Um, I could go on and on about like that. Basically, they're like, hey, we have fucking, you know, pussy poltergeist. And yeah. they're like, well, it's the 80s now. We can't really be on top of that. There is this one father that they got in contact with named Father McKenna, who is now a bishop. And he was like, fuck it. I'm going rogue. Kay. I'm going to just, like, help you out. Um, he uh, basically um, held a mass in Latin and performed more than 50 exorcisms for the war- for the Warrens at multiple times. Not all 50 were Damn. in his house. So he comes with them, conducts an ancient rite. It literally... Two things said ancient rite. Two places said ancient rite, and other people just said they conducted an, uh, an exorcism. So maybe it's more intense than an exorcism. I don't know. Damn. I just put, like, what the fuck? I don't know. Um, and it basically all it did was infuriate the demon, because that's usually what happens. Damn. <laughs> damn, 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 damn. Um, so one of their daughters fell seriously ill from a strange fever and nearly died. And then Dawn, who is D-A the... D-A-Wobbity-Wobbity-N. Yeah, D-A-Wobbity-Wobbity-N, the eldest daughter who saw the floating bodies, yeah, yeah. was almost uh, almost raped by an evil presence and other people just said... Other uh, articles just said she was raped by an evil oh presence. She couldn't describe it. I mean, probably because she's only like 13. So this is three rapes so far. Um, I think there are... This is three individual people in, being raped. Oh, my and God. And then... Uh, Lucky Ed Warren getting choked. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So I think there it happened multiple times. This is probably like the most intense. Rapey. Yeah, this is the most rapey. You probably have ever talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Janet and Mary um, also had slash marks and bites all over their arms. Oh, my God. At the same time. Like this happened after these rites were done. Oh, my so, God. Um. At this time, after this happens, they so this is basically the, the Warrens come in a few times. They do these uh, exorcisms. Then they get the father, uh, McKenna, to come, and he performs these rites. Then things even escalate a little bit with the, more of those rapes and people almost dying from fevers and shit Jesus like that. Christ. Ed Warren comes back with – the Warrens come back, and Ed explains to them, which is actually really cool because um, this was said a lot in the articles I read, which refers to The Conjuring. When Patrick Wilson explains the stages of um, Ooh, yeah. demonic hauntings. Yeah, yeah. So the first one is, is um, infestation, and the second one is oppression, and the third one is possession. So he says that with this happening, it is now oppression. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bishop McKenna then performed a second exorcism in late spring. Um, but nothing happened. The demon even accompanied the family on camping trips. What the fuck? And harassed Jack at work. When He's that not happened, invited. yeah, during that time they were like, maybe we should move. And when that happened, they were like, we can't because this will just follow it's us. It's latched onto the family now. Yeah, which is on. also a tie to Conjuring Two. Is when Lorraine says that. Um, yeah. Or also Conjuring Insidious one. when yeah. they're like, you're fucked. Oh yeah, when they move, <laughs> you're fucked because your stupid son's astral projector. Yeah, fucking astral projector, fucking bitch. So they still, they go back to the church. They try to get more help. The church refuses. Um, and then so they go to like local talk shows and shit like that, trying to just get help from anybody they can. Um, when they go on this show called People Are Talking in Philadelphia, 
the next day, uh, a demon, the demon, it is reported the demon itself. Jordan. <laughs> levitated Janet and then hurled her against the wall. Like Fuck, you, Jordan. Fuck you, Jordan. <laughs> we already talked about wrappings <laughs> and what? scrapes. Wrappings, like wraps. You missed it. We've been talking about pussy poltergeist this entire time. Yeah. yeah. We'll be done in like 30 minutes. Yeah, we're almost done. Okay, so literally the day after they go on that show, um, it the demon lamp levitated, <laughs> levitated Janet, and then hurled her against the wall. We haven't said "damn it, Janet" once. I this. did earlier. You did. You did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, it later appeared to Jack as a monstrous creature resembling a pig on two legs. Oh my And then, God. and then the next day, so two days after, a human hand came up through the mattress and grabbed Janet by the back of her neck and tried to choke her as jack reports that that same night he was raped <gasps> again oh my god yeah by like an unseen or maybe by the same succubus it doesn't really report that looks like a pig and they heard all the pig noises in the wall yeah, fuck that what demon um, looks like a pig in uh there is probably one but it's usually referred to like because it's the amity horror like, talked it? about the pig yeah i think oh. ever since then a lot of like hauntings and demonic shit has been talked about with pigs oh. well and also you have it biblically when the demon legion, the demon legion is put into the pigs by Jesus and mm. the pigs all run off the cliff and die in the New Testament. Man, I did not pay attention. At oh. <laughs> That's like the only time I was like, what? I paid attention during <laughs> Joseph and Titancolor Dreamcoat. I was like, I was... did you say sex pigs and demons? <laughs> They're like, what? I'm like 11. <laughs> you're, like, you're like gays? They're like. <laughs> you're like. <laughs> They're like, he's speaking in tongues. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, do we even do that? We're Mormon. <laughs> uh, okay. In August of 1986, things turned bad for the family as their story gains traction. Turns uh, worse? How? It's already so, so bad. So because it turns bad, like, uh, outwardly from, like, real life of people. Oh. So they go on that morning show. Then things intensify with the whole rape again. And then the demon uh, pig. Uh, and then, like, Janet getting choked by that hand on the mattress. Um, Jesus. So that intensify that's intensifying again. And so then they even reach out again publicly and then people start responding and then people will even go visit their house. They start ridiculing them and be like, you're making this up. Fuck you. Blah, 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 blah. Oh Just giving them shit, which is enough, like shitty enough alone. Um, uh, so then the, when this happens, the Smurls contact a medium, this girl named Mary Alice Rinkman, um, who examined the house and collaborate or corroborated, uh, with the, or sorry, um, who examined the house um, and also, like, worked with the Warrens um, in finding these four spirits. So they were like, hey, Warrens, let's go. Let's figure out who these other three spirits are and who this demon is and, like, figure this out. So she identified one of as an old woman named Abigail and the other as a dark mustached man named Patrick who had murdered his wife and her lover and had them hung by a mob. Whoa. Uh, Patrick's, that's extreme. Inten- Patrick's intense. Patrick's intense. <laughs> Patrick is a mustache. Patrick is not messing around. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she couldn't identify the third uh, being, um, and it was never identified by the Warrens. Like, they didn't identify it as well. But the fourth was definitely a powerful demon, but they could never pinpoint what it was or who it was. Malik. Yeah, probably Valak. Um, so the press coverage finally uh, – got the Catholic church involved um, and they offered to take over the investigation. So the Warrens uh, had planned a mass exorcism with several priests and prayer groups. Um, and so they were just like, no, we're just going to do it. You we're already involved. Like you got involved too little, too late, like fuck off. Um, and uh, 
uh, Bishop McKenna came to do a third exorcism and it seemed to work because there were no disturbances for about three months. Then shortly uh, before Christmas in 1986, hey, Christmas, we're tying in with Christmas. There we go. Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> Merry, Merry Chrysler. <laughs> Merry Chrysler. <laughs> that's like the fun. That, that's the most fun episode we've ever recorded. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, Jack again saw the black form beckoning him to, uh, to uh, like close to him so that he could uh, possess him. Uh, Jack uh, sort of expresses how there was sort of a like, a supernatural understanding of when he saw this spirit. Cause like three months, nothing happens. And then Jack just like comes home one day and sees it just standing in the kitchen <sighs> and so it like annoying. starts like fingering, fingering him. <laughs> we can't say that on this podcast <laughs> and not laugh. Um, but starts like beckoning him with his finger and be like, Hey, come towards me. Ew, and wow. uh, he like had this understanding of it being like, I'm going to possess you now. I'd be so irritated. Yeah. Um, like we made it this far. Yeah. He said he clutches his rosary and then prayed and uh, prayed that this uh, would go away. Um, when he looked, the thing was gone. Um, it seemed to actually become a isolated incident. But then a few days later, the banging again started as well as the putrid smells and the violent acts of people getting thrown around the room. Jesus Christ. Um, they were like super fucking tired and done. So they moved to another town. Um, and released the book, The Haunted. Um, when this happened, the church then super got involved and performed a fourth exorcism in 1988. At the house? So I believe the Warrens were involved in the first three because they're involved with Bishop McKenna, and then the fourth one, the church is like, we're fucking doing this. Okay, yeah. Um, and then it finally uh, seemed to give them peace, um, and they just, like, when they moved, they moved, and they weren't dealing with it anyways, or weren't dealing with it anymore. Um, and then the movie version of The Haunted was released in 1991. And then that's the end of my long ass story. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I can't believe we've never heard of this. Like that, there's so much going that's on. That's the most like violent, yeah, aggressive demon I've yeah. ever heard. It's like the 80s action movie version of totally. all of the possessions we've talked like, about. Like, <laughs> you know, we've talked about demons a lot now. We're on episode 53. We've yeah. seen a lot of movies, but like the amount of sexual assault that was involved from this demon yeah. is like crazy yeah like i don't we, we never really talked about the demon like this before uh-uh. like we talk about demons like molesting people and stuff but like straight up raping people multiple multiple times yeah uh-uh. fuck oh also uh before we move on i know that i was saying i was going to do my cosmos of hell oh yeah my parts so i looked into it and i started re- reviewing it it seems like it just turns out being a lot of listing of what i did originally mm-hmm. which i know would get boring and tiresome so I'm just going to go over a couple of the books um, cool. as I come to back to them. So I'll mention that it's a, a semi part of the cosmos in the future, but it's going to more be like, hey, I'm going to tell you about the book of Solomon today instead of just being like the cosmos part two or three. Cool. So I'll do it in the future. Uh, well, it'll be fun. Yeah. Well, that was really good. Yes. That's my long ass story. Bye. <laughs> that was intense. <laughs> this is my pussy poltergeist story. <laughs> pussy poltergeist for life. Yes. He's a bad dude. Yeah, fucking. P- P- Pussy Poltergeist is not a, not a, he's not Valak. Valak wouldn't mean. do that. He's mean. Valak was much nicer. I would much prefer to get haunted Had by more Valak. class. Didn't rape. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All he did was like possess a kid. Yeah. You know, almost kill Patrick Wilson. The whole thing. Okay. So yeah. today I am talking about the disappearance of Brian <gasps> yeah. Schaefer. Because this was supposed to be last week's episode. So there's still Which is the final disappearance. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, you know, starting next week, there we'll get back to like the gruesome murders yeah. and all that fun stuff. But the final disappearance of Brian Schaefer. So Brian Schaefer, you should look up a picture of him, Corey. He's a yeah. pretty attractive dude. Hell yeah. 
And now just imagine him with like with like scruff and things oh. like that. So he grew up in Pickerington, Ohio, which is a suburb of Columbus, the state capital, where the Ohio State University OSU is located. He was the firstborn uh, to Randy and Renee Schaefer's. Uh, they had two sons. Brian. Yeah, he's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Now just imagine if he had some scruff. Yeah. Mm. If he had a beard. Jesus. Oh, my God. I know. He's hot. So Brian graduated from high school in 1997, and he went to OSU and graduated with a degree in microbiology. He then went into the medical school program. Have you seen the beach picture with his fucking yeah. traps? Yeah. Oh, my God. He's a hot dude. This is why. Or like, his triceps and that tattoo. Yeah. He's a hot guy. I knew you would relate to this more because he's so hot. <laughs> Which is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so Brian, super smart, as you now know medical school the whole thing he was also a really nice guy he was loved by everyone especially his mom he has a nice and cute smile (laughs) (laughs) and there's a picture of him shirtless going like this and he's fucking ripped yeah he's a good guy damn so he and his mom they had a really you know special relationship they just love each other so fucking much um and then in 2016 or sorry, not 2016. In 2006. Did he go to spring break? Uh, his second year in medical school, his mom passed away from cancer. Brian was just oh. completely devastated. Uh, but he knew that his mom wouldn't want him to stop living his life because she was gone. Just So three weeks later, he and his long-term girlfriend, Alexis Wagner, they were planning a trip to go to Miami for spring break. And he was planning on proposing. Don't do it. Um, he <laughs> never made it to Miami. Oh, fuck. So on March thir- March 31st, 2006, two days before he was going to Miami to propose to his girlfriend, Alexis, 27-year-old Brian Schaefer finished up his last classes before spring break. He went out to dinner with his father and then <sighs> met his friend, William Florence, who went by Clint to go bar hopping. Right before dinner ended, Brian's dad got a really, really bad feeling about Brian going bar hopping, but he brushed it off just as a worried, anxious dad. You know, where are we, Ohio? This is Ohio, yeah. What the fuck? It's like You're his fine. wife. Yeah, his wife just died. He's really anxious from his, his wife mom. passing away. So that's why the dad oh, was like, "Okay, died, I'm just sorry. going to write it off." It's just like a anxious feeling. My son's fine. So yeah. He didn't say anything. At 9 p.m., Brian called Alexis, who was out of town. She was visiting family, and they were talking about Miami, her day. You know, just a totally normal phone call. They said their I love yous, the end of the call. You know, Alexis has stated that nothing seemed weird about the call. It was totally normal. He was really excited to see her in a few days. I mean, he was going to propose. Yeah. After the call, Brian met Clint at the Ugly Tuna Saluna. Cute. And they started partying. They went from bar to bar to bar to bar before meeting Meredith Reed, who was Clint's friend, at the Short North Bar. Um, she drove them back to the Ugly Tuna Saluna, and then she decided to join them for like their last round of shots of the night. Um, and now a local band, a local rock band, was playing at the Ugly Tuna Saluna, so it was like lit. Like there are so many fucking people at this bar. Um, now, just to remind you, remind you guys, this is in 2006. This, this sounds so in, straight. This is in the 2000s. This sounds so straight. <laughs> Want to go to the Ugly Tuna Saluna and folks some bitches? And, and yeah, and like listen to this local rock band. Yeah. <laughs> Corey can't relate to this story at all. I can't. I'm gone. So they continued <laughs> to party for a bit. Um, and Brian said he was going to go talk to the band. Um, some time went on. And about, you know, 10 minutes before the bar closed, Meredith and Clint realized that they couldn't find Brian anywhere. So they tried calling him, but he didn't Wait, answer. Wait, what, what was like the reason he left them he just said he wanted to go talk to the band 
you know, it's a packed bar. They're wasted at this point. Damn. It's just like, you know, we go partying together and you're like, I'm going to go get a drink. Like, or if yeah. I say I'm going to get a drink, you oh, don't I think love drunk of it. excursions. Totally. Yeah, at clubs. Um, you know, so some time went on. Suddenly it was last call. They're like, where the fuck is Brian? They could, they looked around the bar. They couldn't find him, but it was packed. They tried calling him. He couldn't answer. So they're like, okay, this is a little weird, but like, it's so busy here. He's somewhere. Yeah. Bar closed. Everyone was leaving and they just stood outside, but they couldn't find Brian anywhere. They tried calling again. But they're like, okay, he's not answering. And you're like, you know what? He was super wasted. He probably just walked back to his apartment. So, like, he's fine. He's 27 years old. Yeah. He's fine. Um, So they're like, okay, I'll see you later. They hugged. They parted ways. Or they went together, banged. Who knows what really happened. The next day, um, Alexis called Brian, but he didn't answer. She called a few more times. No answer. Damn. Just getting voicemail. With And with each voicemail... She was growing more and more concerned. She called Brian's dad, who tried calling him. Again, no answer. Damn. Straight to voicemail. Alexis drove to Brian's apartment. She let herself in at the key. No Brian. His car was there. His clothes were there. Everything was there. Nothing was out of place. Just no Brian. Two days later, Monday morning, Alexis went to the airport, hoping that maybe Brian was going to be there because they had their tickets to Miami. Oh, my God. She was there. She waited, waited, and waited for him, holding her plane tickets, just hoping that he was going to show up, and he didn't show up. She just felt sick to her stomach, and she was just sobbing, and she knew that something was wrong, and so she immediately called the police. Police started looking for Brian everywhere. It's been two days. They looked in dumpsters. They looked at construction sites, rivers, lakes, sewer system. They talked to business owners, neighbors, people who were at the bars, etc. They called every single hospital, every single urgent care. Nothing. They checked his cell phone records, his bank accounts. Nothing. They printed thousands of missing person flyers of Brian's picture showing the tattoo of his upper right arm that Corey pointed out earlier <laughs> of a stick figure logo from the cover artwork of the single alive by Pearl jam. One of his favorite bands and noting a distinctive fleck in one of his irises. These were posted everywhere. Jesus. Nothing again. Finally, they got a hold of the surveillance footage. Now surveillance cameras lined the street in every single bar Police, so police are able to track every single move that Brian made up, and they're able to see every single bar they went to, etc. In fact, um, Columbus, Ohio, at this time was the most surveilled city in, in America. In America at Whoa, the time. Whoa, that's cool. So you could literally track every single person's motion, specifically on the street that's as not well, because cool. it's a bad area downtown. It's like think of like not necessarily a bad area, but think of like downtown Salt Lake where all the bars are. Yeah. it's like that, but there are cameras everywhere so they're able to track everything so they were tracking brian they got to 1 15 in the morning that night they saw brian clinton meredith walk into the ugly taluna at 1 55 a.m brian was seen outside of the bar talking to two girls before just saying goodbye to them and walking back into the bar they never saw brian again what he did not leave the bar they checked every single camera that was pointing at the bar Nothing. They checked every single camera on all the alleys and streets surrounding the bar. Nothing. They checked every single business camera on the streets, on on that on that street and all the streets surrounding the bar. Nothing. They're able to track and see every single person that went in and out of the ugly tuna except Brian. 
investigators literally spent days and tracked every person individually in the camera to track the times when they went in and out of the bar to document to make sure that he didn't put on a disguise or something something like that and again nothing it was as if he disappeared into thin air jesus now there was a construction site near the bar that wasn't under surveillance but it was a very very intense and difficult area to even get to and like the fact that like regular people to get to it is pretty yeah it's, pr- it's but pretty much kidnapping not a 27 year old dude so police regular. brought like all of the doggos in to track his scent nothing like he wasn't there they couldn't find anything damn none of his belongings were ever found his clothes his walls his shoes his keys his cell phone nothing was found you know police they turned to the last person that they knew were with him they turned to clint they turned to meredith they turned to his dad they asked them all to take polygraph tests the dad and meredith agreed they took pe- the test they passed but clint on the other hand refused and he immediately lawyered up what the fuck police sent a second request but again clint refused also side note police even though they're doing all of this they never even bothered to interview or talk to the two girls that were seen in the yeah. footage with brian right before he disappeared what the fuck did clint do no one even really knows why they didn't question the girls so police, they continued following like every single lead, every single person of interest, nothing. Even Pearl Jam, Brian's favorite band that he got a tattoo of, they got involved Aww. and they begged fans to help. Nothing. There were sightings of Brian in Mexico, Sweden, Michigan, Texas. Each sighting was debunked. You know, as time went on, police just could not figure out what the fuck happened. Alexis, Brian's longtime girlfriend, she was destroyed. She said, and I have in quotes, I came here referring to Brian's apartment every single day the first few weeks and just, you know, laid here in the middle of his bed sobbing. She called his cell phone every single day for months and months and months and always went straight to voicemail. And then in September of 2006, no, no. she called Brian's phone and it rang. What? No one picked up. She called again and it rang. No one picked up. She called one last time and it rang. But again, no one picked up. She called the police immediately. They pinged the phone and they were able to detect that it went off at a cell tower in Hilliard, which is 14 miles northwest of Columbus. Singular, who was his cell phone provider at the time, they said they believed it was a glitch, but they had no way to prove it. After that, the case went quiet years passed brian's dad never gave up wait is there more info channel (laughs) (laughs) brian's dad never gave up hope he continued looking for his son until 2008 when he was killed in a tragic accident what the fuck he was cleaning his front yard when a tree fell on him and killed him what the fuck (laughs) he was found the next day by his neighbors and now the only living relative of brian is his brother no one knows what happened are you kidding me? So what happened? Let's go over some theories. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? This is a very frustrating story. There's like no info. Yeah, I know. What the fuck? I know. It sucks. This is a this is a this is a very sad story. How did he leave the bar, Jana? So the, these are all the theories. So because no one fucking knows. Like police can't. They're stuck. they had cameras at the back exit or entrance. They had cameras everywhere. Nothing. He like went the in the service, bar. Like the service and food exit. Yeah. Nothing. Like he literally like. What the fuck? So there's a lot of theories. <laughs> there are two main categories of theories, okay? 
Category one, theories Alien. about Brian leaving the bar. Category two, yeah. theories about Brian never leaving the bar. So let's <laughs> let's go into this. What? There's a vortex? Yeah. Is there a pussy pulser guy? <laughs> There's a fucking po- pussy pulser guy here with Brian Schaefer. Brian Schaefer, the uh, the original pussy pulser guy. Jesus. So let's let's we're gonna go into category one theories about Brian, you know, leaving the bar. So let's ignore the fact about the surveillance footage. Let's say somehow no. he got. <laughs> like, we're just gonna ignore it because it's truly unexplainable. Like this is there's no theory. I mean, human error is a good explanation. So this this actually would have been a really good uh, New Year's Eve one because it's so like yeah so let's ignore all the surrounds footage somehow he got out of the bar unnoticed so what happened when he left the bar okay three one the smiley face killer so between the 90s and 2000s more than 40 college-aged men died after leaving a bar party and they were found in bodies of water with a smiley face graffitied somewhere near them is that real or is that a so creepypasta? So this, yeah, that's the thing. So all deaths were ruled accidental, but some people believe that they're all related and that there is a smiley face serial killer out there. But most law enforcement don't believe it. They just believe it's coincidental that yeah. there's smiley face graffiti. Anyways, some people think that Brian was a victim to the smiley face killer. However, his body was never found. Um, so if he was connected or, if, you know, if he was killed by the smiley face killer, his body would have been found. Okay, theory two under category one. So there was a river about a mile and a half away from the bar. So people are thinking maybe he left, maybe he walked to the river, maybe he fell in, maybe he drowned. The river's huge. Maybe that's why they couldn't find the body. So the argument with this is, you know, it's not really possible since he, one, literally wasn't seen on any camera on any route to the lake or to the river, and there are multiple Uh cameras on every single route to the river. Um. And two, like the there, the only possible routes that he had to the river were through either side streets or the college campus. And again, like every single one had cameras lined on every single street and they couldn't find anything. And like there were people like walking around college campus, things like that. And like no sightings of him, nothing. So if yeah. he did happen to go to the river, like he must have somehow entered like a vortex and Ninja. like appeared at the yeah. fucking river. Okay. Theory, theory three of category one. Brian was struggling to come to terms with his mother's death. Like he was so close to his mom. Okay. She died three weeks before. So people were thinking that maybe he left the bar and either committed suicide. Or I mean, he, he was crazy drinking. So that, that's, that's a, I totally. think that's a pretty valid theory. Yeah. He um, just like hit a random low moment and couldn't get out of it. Yeah. And maybe either he killed himself or he ran away. Like either way, he was never seen or heard from again. Now, his families and friends, they don't believe this theory. Brian did struggle with his mom's death, but he, I mean, he was in love with Alexis. He planned on marrying her. He loved his dad. I mean, but perfectly, seemingly healthy people are super depressed and kill themselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, other people, like, argue, you know, he, like, he knew his mom wouldn't want him to do anything like that. Yeah, and but then again, so if you're crazy for. drunk, yeah, and you and just like, happen to have that thought. Yeah. Or yeah. Or maybe like he had the thought and he left and he found himself in a really bad situation. Mm-hmm. Um, next one, Brian left the bar and was walking the six blocks to his apartment. So he wasn't that far away from his apartment. The area that Brian lived in was really dangerous. And being as drunk as he was, he was extremely vulnerable going off of what we were just talking about. A lot of people speculate that during his walk home, someone either mugged him or they, you know, killed him or they abducted him and killed him. But either way, like he was murdered and his body was disposed. People used the cell phone ringing on September 2006 to help this theory because maybe the killer turned on Brian's phone 
and uh, that night and that's why it actually rang through because yeah. the chances of that happening is more likely than a random singular tel- like cell phone tire cell phone tower glitch yeah. you hear about that happening so those are the theories about him if he left the bar so now let's go through the theories of him never leaving the bar what the fuck theory one of this category People think that he is a pussy poltergeist. I'm just kidding. So people think that Brian had some sort of altercation with someone at the bar and was killed and that his body is either placed inside of a keg what? or thrown into the storage basement or walled up without anyone noticing. <laughs> I like to believe these theories because they're fun. What the fuck? How big is that bar? I don't know. I is didn't it like look green that pig bit? Like... I, I imagine like Green Pig big. Ugly okay. Tuna Saluna, a live band was playing. I mean, okay, it's like yeah, a I just I'm, I'm just thinking of the Green Pig, which is semi-big. Yeah. I'm going on the same route For from that theory one. Maybe Brian was killed in a bar by an employee. And so his body was disposed of during the weekend. Okay. So Brian wasn't reported as missing for two days after he disappeared. That gave the killer two days, plenty of time to dispose the body and clean up the evidence. However, the ugly tuna was searched for any piece of evidence and they couldn't find anything. But still, I actually think that one is probably the most likely of the case. Okay. He was killed and employees, they had time yeah. to get it out. They could yeah. just put him in a trash can. Oh, yeah. That's why he's not on camera. For a day. Yeah. yeah. Next one. People. So this is actually kind of fun. This is from a YouTube comment that I found. Okay. Because I was watching a bunch of different YouTube videos and like this girl lives in this town <gasps> and her, she has friends that work at the Ugly Tuna <gasps> Saluna. So that's why it's super fun. And you know, people are still talking about this case today. Like this is still like a mystery. Yeah, duh, yeah. Most of the employees at the Ugly Tuna Saluna had this theory that he was put into the trash compactor after he had a fight with either an employee or the band. Apparently the trash compactor is like huge and it's in the back like you you throw the trash compactor and it goes to like a area in the back that's like doesn't have cameras because it's just the trash compactor and i guess it's like big enough to throw a person in yeah it's ginormous i mean like they would you could like still swab that couldn't you still swab that today and get like dna evidence yeah and the and the doggos would have smelled something yeah yeah um now it's also the same door that uh bands use to bring their stuff in and out of and so people knew that they could use it. And, like, it's also an area for smoke breaks for employees. But there's a camera there. There is not a camera there. Okay. So there is one way in and out. It's it's not to, like, a exit, though. It's to, like, a little, like, area where like, there's just a trash compactor and, like, a smoke break. So it's like a room. patio. Yeah. It's like a patio in a way, I guess. So there's, like, a wall surrounding it? That's what I imagine. But you can jump over the wall. Probably. You have to remember, though, one thing outside of that area though like interrogating you there are cameras everywhere (laughs) like everywhere so but yeah if you know the area and you get mad and you know some drunk dude pisses you and your bandmates off and y'all are also drunk and so y'all fight and push him against the wall and his head you know accidentally dies yeah and then they throw the trash compactor so that's what that's what i think is a possibility but i don't think it's likely that brian left the bar based off of that because i think if he did leave the bar even if he let through that one exit that happened to have cameras the chances of him getting somewhere without any camera catching him at i want all more in- information so Jenna. i want more information there's no more information it's crazy i want a resolution <laughs> so the one note that is important with this band theory that you kind of agree with me on is the last thing brian said to clinton meredith that he said to them was that he was going to talk to the band yeah and then he disappeared so maybe he got into a fight with them. Maybe they did he want them. to go to this bar because of this band? I don't know that they're bar they're drunk bar hopping. Uh huh. So probably. Okay. Well, they would already they had already been there and they went back to it. Yeah. So maybe they wanted maybe he wanted to go talk to the band. So last theory, Clint. 
Florence. So Clint, you know, lawyered up immediately, super suspicious, obviously. Yeah, what the fuck? How was he, like, not in jail? Before? I know. So Clint was, like, obviously, you know, suspicious. Yeah. As soon as the police started questioning him, Clint also cut off all communication with Brian's family and Alexis. What the fuck? So people speculate that either Clint helped Brian run away or he helped cover up his murder. But either way, Clint does know information and for whatever legal, for whatever like legal loophole, he's not being questioned. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. I mean, it does sort of sound like, okay, he's a 27-year-old dude. Let's say he's possibly gay. Let's say he, you know... Let's say he's like, I love this woman, but like, I don't know, or he's bi or whatever. That's, we don't even need to talk about that. But like, he's 27. He's super pressured. He's in year two of medical of, school. Of medical school. Maybe he doesn't want to be in medical school. Maybe he doesn't want to be a failure. Then his mom dies and yeah. it's all pent up rage happens. So he looks at his buddy and he's like, Hey, can you like help me? Just like, I need to just get away yeah. and just never like come back. Like this, like, I need you to do this for me. And, Cause it just seems weird that. A day before, two days or a day before you leave? Two days before you leave Miami. Two days before you leave to Miami and like the night that you like also go to a dinner with your father, you like decide to go on a like bar bar crawl. Yeah. I don't know. That sounds a little random timing. So yeah. And that's a huge theory is exactly what you just said is people think that Clint did not murder him, but just helped him disappear. Yeah. Because all of the pressures that he had from his family from society from his mom's death from his partner like damn he just wanted to disappear or maybe he got killed i like to believe that he got killed thrown in the trash compactor because that's like crazy dramatic but i hate you for telling me this story but the, <laughs> there's no resolution that's the whole thing to this day the case is open <laughs> i hate this and cold i hate this so if, if you have any information on brian schaefer's death contact, contact me Corey first <laughs> and then contact the ohio the columbus ohio police department damn i hate this anyways how's your sex life anyways, how's your sex life? <laughs> isn't it a, a mind fuckery Fuck, one i hate that one there's like no explanation there's no explanation shit that would have been a good new year's eve one damn it damn fuck 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 okay so my sex life Quick. our sex lives are long we have to be fast we've been we have gone. to gone we have to go minutes. see hiram shit what do i focus on focus on thanksgiving because that just happened oh, so thanks thanksgiving was really great um it had a lot of like political like social com- com- uh conversations with my sister and then with my dad they turned out being really good like i realized some like biases i had about them and you know vice versa and stuff like that um still like overall it's just like yeah you believe what you believe and i believe what i believe and it, it'll cause problems but we can still love each other or whatever yeah um so that was really fun um then i had like the best threesome okay easily the best threesome I've ever had yeah i only had like about 10 or 15 and like it was just fucking hot oh my God, like best it. sex since since uh, shane oh <laughs> because we already it. talked about the other guy who has been best sex since shane this topped it i mean that's it's a different crazy. category because it was a threesome that's true but it was like crazy hot we like went at it for like easily two and a half hours because it like off and on came multiple times like it was fucking like what you think a threesome is before going into it like that's what happened holy shit it was really in great. idaho or in utah in idaho oh yes! yeah i was like topping i was bottoming i was doing like the middle one where you're like both getting fucked and you're fucking oh it my was fucking god fun. that's so fucking awesome uh, one of the, they're like these hot these hot guys from married guys from san francisco yeah and one of them he like grew up uh in sweden i believe um he just like had so he had like a slight accent because i think he grew up in in 
uh, south, like just south of San Francisco. I forget the place that it was. Um, and and but I think he like uh, you know definitely knows Sweden or Swedish. Sorry. Um, who knows? Whatever. We don't need to do that. But it was just fucking awesome. It's great. Yes. <laughs> it was just like it was great. Yes. <laughs> I think like it's it was so great that it like makes me. I was like crazy satisfied for like two days, but now I just like think about it and I'm just like crazy horny about it again. <laughs> and no, and the sex will not live up to yeah. it. And I was like crazy dom top energy for a bit because the <laughs> other guy was like a super verse, but he's like, oh, I like bottoming way more, but I easily top. And I was like, well, I like bottoming more than topping. And I just like to bottom more, but I also like, you know, like I like to top, yeah. you know, but not, I'm like usually with people that I know more. But it, but like, you know, but fuck it, but, but fuck it, but, but fuck it. <laughs> and it was hot. Like it was anyways, we don't need to go into it. Cause that's not the point of this podcast. Yes, but it, it is. was fucking hot. Yes, queen. <laughs> Just like whatever you're like, yeah, whatever you dream about a threesome, it was like whatever genitalia and like, you know, identifying of people are involved. Like that's what it was. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yay. That was my week. Well, my week was the opposite in every oh, single no. way. I was very sick, which I already talked I'm about sad. earlier today. So I was very, 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 very sick. And then as soon as I started feeling a little bit better, I then got my period. Yay, so period. Jordan is probably has some major blue balls right now. Sorry, Jordan. <laughs> no one has been able to touch me <laughs> in like a week. It's like Jordan sat in a corner and then jumped cut to me being like, yes. yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah. Jordan, Jordan is probably very sad right now. So I obviously need we going to fuck the shit out of him soon. So pray for Jordan. So pray for Jordan. <laughs> <And> his blue balls. <laughs> yeah. My period just ended today, actually. So. Yes. Good luck, Jordan. Jordan's in the room like, woo. He's like cheering. He's, he's like in, the in there like, like you know, just like sprucing up the Book of Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He spanks me at the Book of Mormon. So that's like why he said that. But anyways, so yeah, my sex life was a non-existent because I was very, 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 very sick. But I can assure you I will have some bonkers <clears throat> t- stories to share. Please. Next episode um also quick soft frozen 2 it sucks ass does it it, it just sucks jordan saw it and he's a story to tell you Corey. he'll tell you Ooh, it's boring as hell there's no villain which you don't need to not have a villain you can have antagonists that aren't necessarily villains which there are sort yeah. of um but yeah. the characters just sort of walk around and do whatever the fuck they want i haven't what seen was it yet. that jordan okay knocking shit over um <laughs> that was scary um whatever we didn't even do it it's not that great i actually really liked frozen i still think tangled's better than frozen oh yeah tangled's better than frozen. but like i did enjoy frozen a lot um olaf is still very funny mm. and it is a pretty it's pretty but that's about it um it. and then i saw knives out knives out is legit go see knives was out. was it good yeah i wish it was like a little bit quicker and quippier because it seems really like the trailers make it seem really yeah like yeah like a uh, quippy and yeah. uh what's a good word i can't th- there's a better word but i can't think of it right now but just very quick and very in your face and witty yeah um the the directing from ryan johnson he he sort of slows it down a bit and i feel like everything could have been at like a 1.15 speed mm. and just like shots edited a little bit quicker and it would have been a lot more nice but it's, it's still really really good oh i'm excited to go see it yeah it's really good. Um, yeah, that's it. Well, anyways, everybody. House. Your. Sex. Life. Bye. Bye, guys. <gasps>